Welcome to another edition of Your Impact Attack. That's right, it's Your Impact Attack. And uh, I don't know about you, but could this be the last Impact Attack? Well, we have to call this the Total Nonstop Attack. Uh, time will tell on that one. Um, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, we will be here, whatever it's called, to provide you with your in-depth analysis of this company owned by Anthem, whatever it is called on the given day. But who are we? We are. I am. The Vet. He's a Rip Rogers guy. Rogers guy. Jamie Williams, sometimes known as the vet, and with me as always, my tag team partner Brandon, who I'm tagging in right now. Brandon, how's it going? Right, but you know, sometimes these companies skimp on things that are just basics like lighting. So, and we're not talking about the little RGBs that you bought off the internet. We're talking about like actual, like the rigs and stuff that you use in the arenas, you know, to make it really look like it's not just some dingy, dingy guys fighting in, in the church, like at the beginning of Rocky or something. Yeah, like I've seen some indie companies while they didn't have, you know, much of a budget, they still did what they could to at least make their production values look as top tier as they could with what they could afford. Right. But anyway, neither here nor there. Just Anthem's making moves, and they approved a big move, which is what we're alluding to. Um, and that is, it's sort of a, it's sort of a spoiler because we normally go in chronological uh, order of events here. Uh, it's Tarantino next night. Yeah, this would actually be the last event that we would talk about. We're talking about the events that took place over the weekend, uh, but we're starting off with it because everybody knows by now um, that uh, apparently, as far as we know, Impact is rebranding back to the original Total Nonstop Action brand, at least as of Hard to Kill. Uh that is the first thing that they've advertised and there's been some social media so you know basically they're saying we're back and uh so what, what do you think about you know and before before actually before we get to that let's let's ask <laughs> let's ask our the c of a vbc here too what their thoughts on it are uh, and let's acknowledge them uh, before they answer. And then after you acknowledge them, Brandon, then tell me what you think about this rebranding. I just want to shout out our homies, Lab Rat, Lizbeth, Retro Rocket Review, Al Robinson. Hope you guys are doing great tonight. Thank you for joining us. My thoughts on the rebranding. It's, it's kind of a bit of a nostalgia thing for me because like, to me, like it was, a, it's always been going to be TNA. Like, no matter how you rebrand it, that's what I remember it as. Like, I, started, I remember I started watching it when I saw, or I heard, first heard of it, and I saw advertisements for their show when they first went on Fox Sports Net back in 04. Mm -hmm. But I even remember 
seeing Jeff Hardy on one of the advertisements, I go, and shit, guys, he ain't getting involved in the angle with Matt Hardy and Kane. <laughs> That's my brother's business, man. <laughs> Staying out of it. And it's thought, well, good. It's good to see there's another company that's got a time slot and they hopefully they grow and just keep going from there. And then from there, I became started watching it and became a fan. And I, I just, TNA never stopped being TNA to me, even after it became Impact. Yeah, I, I think I completely agree with that part, at least. Like, you just always think of it, it's TNA, it's TNA. And then you have the... You have the, you have the, let me tell you, one of my pet peeves, it's not, it, it doesn't, I, I don't know if you even call it a pet peeve, but it's just one of those things that's just kind of like, it's just annoying, like, a, like petting a cat the wrong way, you know, like it's just whenever, it, or it's one thing I'm just really tired of when you, when you hear, how many times do you hear some old wrestler or wrestling personality be like in WWE, WWF at the time? Like, do you have to, any, anything, you could say anything except like categorizing it in that specific way. You could just say WWF and people will know what you're talking about. You could say WWE and people will know that you're referring to the company. It, it's, but whenever they say WWE, WWF at the time, like anybody needs to, you could even just call it whatever it was during that time, like up to 2002, you could refer to it as WWF or after 2002, you could refer to it as WWE, but they always like to make that clarification. I get so tired of hearing it. It's like, it's so unnecessary. So do we do that with TNA too? It's like, <laughs> to, or if we, if we go to the TNA wrestling impact wrestling at the time, like, do we, is, is that what we're going to start? No, everybody just going to think it's TNA is TNA. It was TNA longer than it was Impact. It was TNA before it was Impact. Most, some people never stop calling it TNA. Some people don't even realize that Impact is TNA. That's a smaller subset of people, but they, you know, what's Impact Wrestling? I remember this one wrestling with Jeff Jarrett, you know, like they're, they're, it, it's only served to kind of confuse and it's going to be confusing because are they going to be impact wrestling like is that going to be the name of the tv show still now that it's tna tna impact because that's how it always had been the show I, was called tna impact i think that actually has been clarified that the tv show will now be called tna impact wrestling yeah so it's like WWE Raw, TNA Impact. That's how it's always been. So now it's, yeah. Um, but so I, I guess basically you're saying it's it's a good thing, or or that it, you, or at least at the very least you're saying might as well, right? Because yeah. um, no mean, one really bought the change in the first place. I mean, I get the argument for changing, like you know, from TNA to something else because of what it was originally. Uh, named that for but at the same time it's become so ingrained and so known where it's just like there's really no point in changing it yeah i think so well let's see what the people think um al likes it better than impact uh uh retro rocket says i still call it tna impact to myself but got tired of jerk saying it. it's no longer tna so stopped in chats um Labrat says, lucky they didn't try to bring back the owl. Yeah, what about that anthem owl? 
Bring it back, pal. Uh, always TNA out. to me. Never, never changed. Besides the six sided ring, right? Is that coming back? They said no, uh, and some of the talents were very happy about that because it was the four-sided rings a lot easier on their bodies than the six-sided one. Yeah, well, not that they care about their bodies anyway, as we'll discuss. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah. And then Liz says, it's a decent amount of money to rebrand a company. It's kind of an odd thing for them to spend money on. They'll also have to pay for trademarks that may have gone dead or that they need now. Right. That's the thing that a lot of people don't reconsider. Um the amount of money that it takes for rebranding uh obviously like we said at the top it's not that anthem can't afford things um it's just a question of wanting to spend the money on the things or thinking you're going to get a return on investment i guess time will tell if it even matters uh what you call this because without the exposure, without the prominence, uh, if you turn it on and you still see the same old shit, then it doesn't really matter what you call it. Um, I don't know if people are really excited about a brand. Even if you look at the biggest brand, the WWE, I wonder how much do people just buy like as fans for themselves like how do how much merchandise from wwe shop is sold with the wwe logo on it like how who's buying a wwe logo coffee mug who's buying the wwe logo caps and t-shirts who's so proud to love the wwe as the wwe and not support any of the individuals um like how much does that play into people's fandom i don't know that's actually one thing about that argument that Triple H made about how, you know, they don't want anybody to be bigger than the company. Well, it's like, well, doesn't it elevate the status of the company if you can say like, hey, this person came through here, this person came through here, that person came through here. Like, wouldn't that like elevate the status of the company if you say like, we create stars here? You would think. So... So I don't know. I've seen mostly positive uh, results, you know, as far as since the announcement, anybody reacting to it. Um, like, I really haven't seen anybody trashing it. I'm sure there are. Of course there are. If anything exists on the Internet, it's being trashed right as we speak. But I just... Uh, I think that's you know, rule... Se I think it's called rule 70. If it exists, shit on it. Yeah. So you would think it's rule one. I'm surprised they thought of 69 other rules. Nice. Before they got to that one. Uh, but nonetheless, it's happening. It happened. And we're here to deal with it. Some other interesting news. Um, it's like uh, there was some a report that everyone's favorite most polarizing figure in uh the business was backstage at tapings not at bound for glory itself but at the uh at the tapings uh following bound for glory and uh yeah he used to work at tna for a little bit russo i know him yep vince russo no actually <laughs> um it was uh no some other guy uh uh c something cp monk cp monk uh chick magnet 
something. I don't know. There's some 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 guy with a gimmick. Philip, uh, Phil, <laughs> come on over here, Phil. Give me a kiss, baby. Yeah, uh, that guy. Yes, he was hanging out. Uh, according to this report, he was hanging out. He was quickly he he showed up. He was quickly brought to the back. People got to hang out with him and take pictures. <laughs> I guess I don't know. They're making it sound like. They're making it sound like like a uh, an outside celebrity showed up and everybody <laughs> got a chance to talk to him. So, so that is of course fueled speculation that uh, oh I don't know could be CM Punk and Impact. Um, the only thing attractive about Impact or TNA as a landing spot for CM Punk is the idea that um, he could ele- he could elevate them. Yes, he he could. Uh, I was going to say that since he tried that already, um, another thing could be just the fact of working once a month. <laughs> that <laughs> that's too, I, yeah. That's what I, that that's that's a uh, uh, that is an attractive uh, option at this point, um, and getting a yeah, paycheck and, to do it. Yep, and that gives him plenty of time to do other things and get other work on other projects, which he does. Um, if you keep up with the guy, you know that he's big into hockey and he has a gig calling fights, uh, for the UFC prelims and stuff like that for a cage something. Uh, I forget what the exact name of the promotion. It's cage fight something or whatever, but you know, he does stuff and he's, he seems like a recluse and he kind of is at least in terms of social media, but, uh, he does do things. And they don't have to do with wrestling. Ooh. So, did you hear about this? Hear apparently, about... Ace, apparently, Ace Steel's getting hired by TNA. Or, yes, go ahead and call him TNA. TNA. Uh, yeah, I heard something about Ace Steel being brought in uh, to work as a producer at uh, TNA. And then they supposedly, according to this story, they even said that. They considered using him for the Call Your Shot Gauntlet Battle Royal, but the reason they didn't was they didn't want people to just assume that Punk was going to show up. Right, which is smart. They don't want to get people's hopes up. Right. For something that may or may not happen. Right. But yeah, so so there's that as well. Um, So perhaps it was a it was a merely a case of they reach out to a steel they want to give a steel a job a steel wants a job there it seems like it'd be a cool thing for him to do and since he's there guess who else might show up in support of that you know so it's like it it could just be as simple as that like i'm hanging out with my friend and supporting my friend which punk has already done in the past when he visited uh impact the last time you know to see trinity's match and all this other stuff so you know um i know he's a cancer and everything but there's some people that he continues to infect you know uh and support i guess if, if that's the the terminology but um so yeah we'll see that that's something to look at i don't truly believe that that's going to happen but it, it, it the and the reason being it's just for a guy that okay well 
he's obviously a cancer, right? So, you know, he, if, if you're a cancer, uh, then you definitely also have a big ego and you're very concerned with perception and things like that. So you certainly don't want to be perceived as look how far I've fallen down all the way to TNA that I have to be here. You know, that is not, um, that's not somewhere that you want to go after being a perpetual main event guy for the biggest company. Uh, and then the, the, the second biggest company that just appeared out of nowhere and pulled you out of retirement after being that important. And then you're just going to be on TNA wrestling like that. You, I'm sorry, you just can't do that. And that's how I would feel. And I'm not even anybody. So I can only imagine the idea of like, Jesus, look at slumming <laughs> CM slum, you know, mm. like, no. What if, again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. What if what's going through his head is, is he wants, cause he's basically kind of pissed off what happened with AEW. He wants to go to impact and help elevate them and make them challengers to, to AEW just to kind of stick it up their ass or everything that, that they did to them. I mean, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's around, does it make a sound? That's ultimately what we're talking about here. You, you have to be, if, it, I think there's certain people that they get to a certain point and they can't, you, you can't go back to a certain level, no matter what. I just think that, you know, there was a point when guys like Hulk Hogan or whatever showed up, but Hulk Hogan wasn't going to be doing anything with anybody else. There was nobody else. And they were trying to make a push to really compete at that point. They were sort of in the spot of AEW now where they're trying to be like, okay, this is we're we're really making an effort. And we're actually going to run opposite you, you know, like that, that was something that happened then when guys like Kurt Angle show up there, big stars like Kurt Angle, who also main evented WrestleManias is when his personal life was in a shambles and he didn't have another choice. You know, it's like when people have historically come to this company in the past, even though this company can hardly be called the same company, right? It's, it just, it technically is, you know, but it, it's, it's in a different place now. Um, there were reasons why you would show up here. You know, there are reasons why a Kevin Nash or a Booker T or whatever. It's like, I could show up, I could remain active. I can collect a paycheck and then, you know, whatever, um, and work once it wasn't, it, it's yeah, once a month and it certainly didn't have the stigma that it carries today, which the stigma that it carries today, let's be honest is yes, it does have its fans, but for the people that don't watch the stigma is holy shit, this company's still around. Like whenever they find out they're shocked. So you cannot go from, you know, the focal point of the two biggest companies the last time you had runs all the way until 
look who's you know cm punk what's he doing in the impact zone it just you can't do it i'm sorry you can't if you do it you have no dignity or self-respect left at this point and i don't think that's the move for him if he's going to do anything ever again he has to make a splash and get a good last run on top whatever that means with wwe and make that money and then anything you do after that it'll be like on your own terms you know yes lab rap basically sums it up perfectly by saying impact is like rehab to rebuild your equity once you hit rock bottom pretty much you know and then they, or they have somebody like trinity who is like i walked out i'm standing up for myself here's a good place to work you know um and it's paid off for her in terms of like what she's doing creatively i guess um but it's not like she was ever even as champion was ever the focal point it was like uh, in turn i'm talking about wwe now like uh it was always like yeah it's your turn to be champion and whatever <laughs> you know like it didn't really didn't really matter as much so you know i don't know but so i would basically that's a long way to say i, I wouldn't get my hopes up that you see punk on 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 impact wrestling uh but it's the the talk is out there so i've been wrong before i also said he wouldn't show his face in public after getting it punched into oblivion in real fights too but <laughs> he did come back so i am not the end-all be-all of authority um so there you go other than that uh do we have any other newsworthy items to uh to talk about not not a lot going on in the world of wrestling but i am sure that that will change as the ownership and the man and the hierarchy changes continue to happen in endeavor slash wwe oh yes oh yes we'll see um you can see it in real time right now if you're watching monday night raw but who wants to watch monday night raw when you've got the impact attack um well i guess we should get to our coverage because we got a bit to go through we've got bound for glory the biggest show of the year their wrestlemania basically and uh and of course the go home show for that now I, am i to understand that there will not be a a, a punching up impact uh, this week unfortunately not this week been having to um, work a lot more as well as deal with more family issues so i apologize but we are still working on the alternate universe built into bound for glory where we see a lot more moose than what we've been getting yes we can always work on getting more moose and uh it's not going to be really this week i don't think uh in terms of our coverage but um you know at least it's more than zero so there you go and society reviews i like to say hello to society reviews with his comment for 10 years we got rid of tna chance now we are bringing them back well don't worry uh <laughs> as terry taylor says don't worry nobody's watching <laughs> so um so we'll yeah we'll see but uh uh our coverage is going to begin with uh the october 19th edition of impact wrestling um and we get our standard ketchup packet 
and then we get the uh the opening match um of uh what is it mike speedball mike bailey versus samurai del sol this is samurai del sol is the guy that off screen answered the challenge of who's as good as will osprey that's going to take on mike bailey to get him ready for will osprey so it's this guy it's kalisto he's going to do it lucha 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 all right yeah pal. yeah yeah so um so there you go uh they have a the kind of match you'd expect there's some there is some lucha in it uh, they do some lucha spots they also do some dangerous spots and they do some you know some stuff and some flips and lots of things uh, it's it's exactly if you've ever seen these guys it's exactly what you'd expect and i think i'm going to use that phrase a couple more times throughout the course of this review at least uh but uh brandon what'd you think of this match was this a good tune-up for speedball uh, let me get a dig my notes out here right quick uh, I did like the character work at the beginning of the match with the whole thing where Bailey's getting frustrated, then he tries to show sportsmanship, and then it just evolves into frustration, and then they start going at each other. That's the kind of stuff I like to see in matches more. Um, but then, like, but this could have been such better, a such a much better match if they would have structured it to where they're clearly trying to pin the other guy and win. Whereas like, we didn't really see that until the end of the match, we saw started seeing the pin sequences. Where now, if they were trying to sell it and build it, where they're trying to wear each other down before they went for pins, okay, but um, that wasn't really gotten across enough. You're 100 percent right. I it, I think what has replaced the spot where you would go for a pin is the part where you pose and run. <laughs> Isn't that like that has replaced the pin in terms of like match? structure it, it, the part where you would try to beat the guy you are now posing and then taking off to either hit the ropes or climb up the buckle or you know run in place or whatever you do um so with that being said right uh ultimate weapon for the win mike bailey's not going to lose going into bound for glory if they're expecting him to even compete with will osprey so yeah unfortunately yeah i, I did not like the finish so i felt it looked really hokey and like he was just sitting there waiting for him to hit him with the finish it's generally how you have to do it you got a client you got to sit on your hands and knees and wait for this guy to climb up to the you know for a guy named speedball he gets to that he sure does take his time getting to that top rope and posing right yeah. And there's still there's and there's still a way to get into it, but both guys kind of have to be in sync and with each other and building to it. Like for example, the guy taking it has to be kind of on the ground and selling up at the same time that Bailey's climbing to the rope, so that the timing is you know is in the right place. Yeah. Well, nonetheless, it was what it was—a tune-up match, uh, apparently. So, even though. Um, you know he's the self-proclaimed greatest luchador of all time uh <laughs> the, 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 the gloat uh yeah he, he wasn't able to get a win here um so and now retro rocket has a comment here he says speedball is like god mike bailey's entrance sucks but in the ring that guy is god now that's an interesting comment because the thing that I that first comes to mind 
um, for a former, you know, worker, uh, when I watch a Mike Bailey match, the, the phrase that flashes through my brain most of the time when I'm watching Mike Bailey is I ain't taking that, but, um, but I'm interested in the fan perspective of like, you know, he's got, he's definitely got a gimmick. Like I get the gimmick. I don't think that he's putting the gimmick over the way uh, he, as much as maybe he possibly could, or the company is presenting it in the way they possibly could. I got more out of his gimmick when he did the super juniors tournament in new Japan because he was able to do a promo after each match, you know, like a off the off the cuff promo where he spoke in English, he spoke in French, and he spoke in Japanese. So, you know, not necessarily all of them in every promo, but sometimes he would choose which one to speak in or whatever, and they would translate it. But so, like, I got a little bit more of what he's going for. Um, but. Uh, you know, and just in terms of his matches, it's like you said, it's like less of trying to win and more of trying to look cool. Um, not really working as much, just doing moves. So I, I'd like to, uh, I, I just, I just want more elaboration on that of like people that, you know, if you're a fan of his, I want to know what exactly you like about it. Besides the fact that he looks like he's hurting people and not in the way that's like, guy that looks like it hurts but uh it looks like it's killing him but it's probably safe uh but more like it looks like it's killing him because it i think it is um liz says speedball is the most boring and predictable wrestler uh i don't know if it's most boring maybe just in terms of like his his look he's just some guy he's like an undersized guy like a lot of guys are these days not really a physique to speak of but at least he's not on the gas i don't know uh <laughs> And he but. knows his character. Like you could put him in any scenario and he could just improv off the cuff. Yeah, I get it. It's a, like the, the character is, um, honest karate guy. That's basically the <laughs> character, you know, like he would be the, he, he'd be like the protagonist in one of those late eighties martial arts movies that are very Americanized, you know, like a no retreat, no surrender or something like that, where he's like, just some nerd, not like even a nerd like like uh, Daniel LaRusso, where he's a kid that's taught karate by a wise old master, but just like like a, like a just one of those sort of milk uh, the plain martial arts heroes that you know has to face an army of ninjas that come to his neighborhood and whatever you know like 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 that no so so. So retro saying, I hate all you anti speedballs, but I, I was asking you specifically to tell me why you like him, you know, like he's a God in the ring. Why I'm asking for your comment. So it's not like we're anti speedball. We're looking to be pro speedball, I think is the question. And you have to explain to us why we should be sell us on speedball retro rocket review. You personally, uh, write a, a 50 word essay go. Um, then we get after this we get uh dango with uh johnny bravo and uh oleg they do one of these i, I don't know what, what what do we call these we'll just call them the dango vignettes where there's like a typewriter asking him questions <laughs> like i don't know how else to you know dango I mean? man dango mentuary dango ment uh dango mentary dango mentary all right um so it's pretty funny there's a couple good one-liners in this i don't remember what they are but 
uh, they were funny. Um, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Retro says, I simply like his moves. So you're one of those guys that just likes moves. Okay. Well, it's interesting because you've been a long time wrestling fan and you should be beyond that, but apparently you just like his moves. All right. Liz says, I'm totally anti-speedball. If he disappeared into the lights, I wouldn't lose sleep. All right. Her uh, opinion is clearly formed. Uh, and he's just finding out uh, <laughs> Canada Spaceman was today years old when he found out Mike Bailey was Canadian. Just come back down to Earth. You'll see what's going on in Canada. Um, but anyway. Hey. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, we got the Dango uh, promo. Any comments on that? I liked it. I mean... I really, uh, the stuff with him and Bravo where he's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad, but I'm not happy. So we're, we're seeing mistakes. So I got to make some adjustments. That's why I brought Oleg in. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Like, like the, like the way he's trying to like, like not be a douche to Bravo, but like, say like, Hey man, you're fucking up. He said, he said like two things that I thought were kind of funny. I can't remember what they are now. But I could have written them down, but I was like, nah. Uh, well, we go from that to a, to an ABC promo. Um, I mean, they're basically just talking about their upcoming match and getting those championships back. So, you know, and they do it in their, their particular way with their catchphrases and their style. So, you know, it's pretty much what you could expect. Um, and then we get, uh, Kenny King versus Heath. Um, you know, what did you think of this first? Oh, shit. Hang on. Accidentally exited it. All right. Fuck. Sorry. Well, so, there I we mean, go. okay, you got it. I was going to say he, yes, like, he did a sure. good job selling the ankle, you know? Like he was, he, he looked like he hurt his ankle legitimately and he was selling it. And eventually they did just go back to start doing moves, but at least he didn't immediately just start running the ropes and doing a bunch of high flying moves and then clutching his ankle like the Seth Rollins, <laughs> I call it. All right. So that's basically it. Yes. I noticed that like the last match, I spent a lot of time on the outside of the ring for no reason that really added to the match. Mm hmm. And yeah, and like you said, with the leg, like Heath did a decent job selling it. And then once they went into the finish, it was like, okay, my leg's magically better again. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, well, again, now if you had, if you had a spot where uh, Heath hurts his foot and he is struggling to get back in the ring, then you have a reason to be on the outside. And if none of the other matches had spent any significant time on the outside, this would mean more. But this is a case of not only if you're doing a show where you have to be aware of what other matches are doing, but, you know, with these tapings that all take place, this took place, these tapings were like a month ago. They took, the, these tapings were taped on the 22nd and 23rd of September. So... You, who knows how when this match was actually recorded in relation to the rest of the matches that we saw not only on this show but the other three weeks so it's hard to keep continuity when you've got a lot of chopping and editing to do um 
but I mean, that's basically. Anyway, so I thought Heath did a good job of selling it because he was like limping and actually struggling to get up. And, and at first, the first thing I was going to say was, if you think I'm going to sit here and critique a Heath Slater match, you know, but he actually did something different in the match and all he did was sell and that brought enough attention to it. So it made it a little bit different. Um, he did get Royal flushed anyway. So it, it ultimately his uh, heroism was not rewarded. And right guy definitely went over in this one. There's more. There's a lot more money in Kenny King than there is in Heath. Yeah. Uh, Liz says, "What about his kids?" Yeah. All right, let's talk about his kids. I got kids too. I don't give a shit about your kids. They're eating. They got clothes. They got a roof over their head. They're fine. All right. Um. And just in case anybody was wondering, that's a quote from Brock Lesnar, all right? Uh, so, last week, uh, they show a promo that Frankie Kazarian did, where he talks about how he doesn't hate Fat Eddie, and he's actually, they're brothers because they went to Killer Kowalski's <laughs> school, so. <laughs> that's quite a family, if that's all it takes. Um but now that so, he's won, now that he's won a match out of their trilogy of matches or whatever, I just Eddie has know. no choice but to respect him now. I just want to know when Strangler Steve King's going to get involved in the storyline. I mean, we got some phone calls to make, I guess. <sighs> um. So yeah, we're still on this, but. I don't really. I I think this is more than run its course, but that's oh, just me. Way more than run its course. Like my. Oh, let me pull my notes up. Shit, God, I hate my damn phone. Stop putting your notes away. We got a show. Damn it. Yeah, my uh, my note for this is: Oh, for fuck's sake, will this not end? It won't. But the wrinkle is that Cass doesn't hate him. Character development. I'm rolling my eyes in case you're listening to audio. I can't roll them loudly enough. Uh, speaking of which, Crazy Steve versus Black Taurus is next. <laughs> um, and this is a this is a no disqualification match. Uh, just in case you were wondering, um, Steve sets up a lot of chairs in this. It's like he's getting ready for a picnic or something. Uh, but instead it's more like he's just setting things up for perhaps planned spots. Um, and then they have a, uh, one of, one of the planned spots is, uh, him backdropping <laughs> Taurus out of the ring onto a pot. Like it's like six it's like six chairs set up with two chairs laid across them to give it a nice solid foundation for someone to land on if they were to come flying out of the ring and land on them rather than what would normally happen which is they would hit the chairs and the chairs would all immediately disperse and they would splat against the concrete so he made sure to reinforce it with two chairs laying across the chairs and so that way when uh taurus was launched onto them uh it just really, 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 really hurt uh, instead of uh, just really hurt. 
so um so there was that uh they fight over the fork and then uh when tyrus sort of wins with the fork uh and then gets cut off then he grabs the briefcase and jams it into his uh steve grabs the briefcase holds it against tyrus's throat throws him in the turnbuckle so it's kind of like that thing that the undertaker used to do um and then he hits him with his tornado ddt the belladonna something or other for the win crazy steve he's crazy brandon what, what do your notes say on this one uh raywald had the line of the night when he said uh during the part where steve starts trying to apologize to black tarus then ends up sticking his thumbs in his eyes when he said steve was trying to fave an apology What the fuck? <sighs> okay. I'm sure everybody knows exactly what the hell that means. Oh, they, everybody does. All I mean, I mean, if you're watching, watching. Imp, I mean, if you're watching Impact at this point, you kind of have to. Yeah. Yeah, you might as well. Since this is all just a joke to you, and you know everything's fake, but. Now we all know the wrestling lingo, so. Oh, boy. Any other notes? Nah, just your typical brawl. With weapons. Yep. All right. Well, next we get a uh, gauntlet of promos with music underneath. A call your shot gauntlet of promos. That's right. <laughs> we get a bunch of people. Talking about them in this battle royal coming up. Anything of note that you marked down uh, to talk about, or nah? It's just basically everybody getting their lines in, and some of them were kind of cheesy. Some of them made me kind of chuckle a little bit just because of how cheesy they were, like Jody threats. Oh yeah, that was that was. Ugh. Yeah, what'd she say? Something like, "I'm gonna like I'm a threat to win this thing or whatever it was." Or, some, or that's not just a promise, that's a threat. That's her catchphrase, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's fine, I guess. It don't matter. Some people can be corny. It's it's pro wrestling. This is a pro wrestling thing you can do. I get it. It's fine. The only problem I have with it is uh, they just showed the exact same thing again on Bound for Glory. So If you were going to show it, I would have just held it off for that and found another way to fill a minute on the tv because i don't like when i see things twice i really just don't um even if you even if you cut it two different cuts of it like i'm sure there was there was some stuff that didn't get used you know for whatever reason because it's not like they had 20 people cut a promo in a row here so maybe you could have showed some on this part and others on the other part but you know, that's what I'm saying. Funny enough, Retro Rocket Review is saying, will they review Bound for Glory here? It's kind of in the title. It's just, goddamn, you know? First he likes Mike Bailey, and now this. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, um, there was that, and then we see uh, Musa Myers walking, and then we see PCO and Rhino walking, so these guys are walking. Um, they got a match coming up. Um, 
But before we get to that, um, we got Trinity and Mickey uh, with Gia and no music underneath. Uh, basically, this is just to show that they have no problem being friends and opponents. And that they'll definitely be able to coexist as a team. It's no problem that they have a, a title match with a lot of stakes at Bound for Glory. That's basically what this is saying. Okay. Yep, they even did the whole solidarity thing with Trinity wearing a cowboy hat. That's right. So, clearly, no problems. And that's fine. Um, Alright, now we get uh, Moose and the other guy versus PC Rhino. Um, and my my note for this right off the right off the bat i'm just looking at i look at moose and i look at the other three guys and i look at what this match is about to be and then as i'm seeing like i'm being proven right as the match is going on i'm like moose is just getting dragged into the mud he's getting dragged into the mud absolute mud when you see him in there with pco and pco struggling to stand on the at the best of times and he just has to sit there and put this guy over or whatever it's just like and you got myers over there um yeah okay and then you got rhino which is like all right rhino's like a middle ground he's like he's like a middle ground between all of these he's like a veteran but he's kind of on the the back end but not as bad as pco but not as uh, unsafe and offensive as uh as myers can be with a ladder in his hands or whatever the case may be i don't know it's right. just i'm, I'm I, there's nothing that's helping moose out of this other than just him looking good by comparison right and how did moose get tied up into this business with like macklin and pco that doesn't make any sense like the four way should have been Macklin, Bully, Rhino, PCO. I don't. The, my guess, they just were like, oh shit, Moose doesn't have a match. Well, we got to put him in this then. Like we've, it, it, as, as you know, because we've been covering this for weeks, they got nothing for him. They've done nothing for him. They gave him that briefcase and then they did nothing after that, including completely leaving him off at least one of the shows. And then. They just realized they're about to have the biggest show and Moose they, doesn't have a match, so they're just shoehorn him in at the last second. They could have flipped him and Bully and had the storyline going to where, where Moose wants two shots at the belt. Could have. Didn't. That's actually a great catchphrase for TNA. <laughs> TNA wrestling. Could have, but didn't. <laughs> that, that's basically the story of their own. You know, Todd Brantley, because Impact, right? Comment King. Now, I'm going to need a little bit more, you know, you can't just say because name of promotion here. We got to have, we, we got to switch it up, pal. Uh, but yeah, he's right. Anyway, uh, just because it's like, whatever, you know, just whatever here. We we forgot. We, we fucked up. All right. Well, just be in this match or whatever. Be in this garbage match. We'll talk about that. Yes, we are going to talk about that. Retro Rocky Review. We are going to cover Bound for Glory. If anybody's here and they're not sure. Bound for glory coverage inbound. Uh, bizzle, anyway. bizzle, jizzle. <laughs> yeah, it was jizzle, all right. Uh, anyway, Macklin runs out and grabs Rhino during this match. 
and he attempts to beat up Rhino some more, and then Bully immediately runs out. Like, I don't even know if uh, if if Macklin had let go of Rhino's leg when he was pulling him out of the ring before Bully started running down the ramp. Like, this is the most prompt response I've ever seen from anybody. He runs out and protects Rhino all of a sudden. And then uh, while, while those guys are like, what are you doing? Uh, then uh, PCO, like, somersaults at Burt through the ropes and knocks him down. And then when he gets back in, uh, Moose spears him and pins him. So, so at least Moose goes over in this match. He goes over on PCO, whatever. He, he's, he pinned the unkillable. Uh, and uh, that's the best you can hope for with a zombie, I guess. So, uh, Jesus Christ. Jesus. I can't. Um, Moose deserves better, and I'm giving him better as I do my rewrites. Thank you, thank you. Uh, please. Uh, <laughs> Lyra says, PCO needs to be unplugged and used as a place to put clean clothes on. I don't know. He's still got some of that Vegas dirt on him. I don't know if I'd hang any clean clothes on him. Um, but yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Just Incredible Fantasy says, didn't know people still watch Impact. I haven't watched Impact since 2008. Well, don't worry. You're not going to be watching it anymore because it's TNA Wrestling again, pal. Ha-ha. Fooled you. Uh, but welcome to the show. Um, yeah, it's never going to be awesome again, I don't think. It might be okay sometimes. Uh, we Just get an MK Ultra. T TNA turned a profit from 07 to 09. I mean, they were doing something right at that time. They will never do it again. It can't be done. Yeah. The world is different now. Um, yeah, so anyway, MK Ultra vignette, uh, you know, I, I, okay, so here's an example where I don't mind the style, the stylizing of the vignettes, right? Like, I, I, I think this is fine for the way they do it. Sort of cinematic. Masha speaking in Russian. She's never really spoken English on the show, even though she could speak perfect English, but her character, she speaks Russian, uh, and... Uh, Killer Kelly speaks English, so I assume that she's saying something similar in English to whatever Masha's saying in Russian, but even if she's not, it doesn't matter. It adds mystique. It adds flavor. It's a little bit interesting. If they were unique in this, um, then it would be fine. Unfortunately, there's like two or three other people that do this kind of shit, including the design and probably somebody else. I'm not thinking. Crazy Steve now. Basically. any Even people that aren't uh, like those two people I named have a sort of gimmick, but even people that don't sometimes do stuff like this. Macklin will sit in a room with some lights and music and shit and do this kind of stuff. It's like, you don't need to do that. Uh, but, you know, for MK Ultra, I think it's fine. And I liked the usage of lights in this because it kind of helped make it look like that this, was, that this was shot somewhere other than the venue that they're at. And the way the lights are positioned, the brightness, it just it made it look like this was done somewhere else, like off-site, and just kind of helped add, and, and it adds to it. Right. Rather than also, distracts. Yes, and also, if you're looking at it in terms of, okay, if this was real, and somebody has to sell themselves or advertise themselves on a show or whatever, and you were making a video and sending it into the company to use, you could actually believe that they did this. 
Whereas there's other people that have been interrupted in their own private vignettes and they still like, I'd be like, if I was shooting a vignette and some other wrestler jumped me while I was, while I was shooting it, I'd be like, okay, I'm not, I'm not sending this tape in. (laughs) I got beat up on it. Would I, would I want everybody to show me getting beat up on national TV? Well, not national, but you know what I'm saying? Right. And he, and if you needed to show that you, there's plenty of creative and storyline ways to get that content on the program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, how about this content on the program? A package hyping us up for a speedball versus Osprey. What do you think about that? Are you hyped up from this package? Uh not really, nah. Uh, that's probably just because we're jaded. I'm sure everybody's a super fan, and I bet Retro Rocket Review basically had to, you know, take something to calm his uh what is that like if you if uh erection lasts longer than four hours seek medical i don't know if there's something they specifically give you for that but seek medical attention but fuck that i'm seeking a prostitute that's right um all right so rhino just wants to let us know uh that he doesn't trust bully or need his help and bully's just like you're welcome all right so just in case we you know we're not clear. Oh. Uh, then, okay, now, here's the opposite of a uh, <laughs> how I feel about the uh, the MK Ultra thing. Okay, so Scott Demore is going to moderate a sit-down between, between uh, Josh Alexander and Alex Shelley. Um, they're in the building, mind you, together. But they just thought it would be a good idea to keep, you know, the tempers from flaring if, uh, you know, I, I think Josh Alexander's gotten his emotions in check at this point. But mm, just in case, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll separate them, right? Um, and uh, this, you know, like, I just, the, the, what I wrote down here on, on, on my little notes is fake as shit. Like everything about this was fake as shit. This scripted, shitty, trying to manufacture some sort of animosity. And it's just, again, this is whoever, whoever dropped out of film school to join this crew uh, has scripted this thing. And they're probably really feeling themselves with this dialogue, but it's really bad. And these guys aren't the guys to do it. That's how I felt about it. What about you? Pretty much the same way it was. If it felt like somebody tried to like film a Zoom meeting. That's it. I mean, you know, that's all it is. It's not like we haven't seen this before either. You know, we've seen them do the whole we gotta keep these guys separated. Uh there's not enough there's not really enough heat between these guys. These guys are trying to make something that isn't there. Which is funny because if this is wrestling you're the one that's in charge of whether there's something there or not. So if you can't even come up with anything, then why are, how, how can you have nothing when you're the one that's supposed to provide everything? <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's your fault that there's nothing between these guys. You had however many weeks to make something between these guys and you couldn't do it. So I don't know, man. I don't know. This is bad. But anyway, as bad as that, 
they have a thing where they basically Josh has to be honest and say that he feels like the pressures of Alex Shelley feeling like he's a a transitional champion that he doesn't deserve to be champion has gotten to the point where now Alex Shelley believes that and he's insecure about it. And that's enough to get Alex Shelley to storm out of the interview and uh, they go to break. But when they come back from break, uh, he attacks uh, Josh in his room. And then Scott Demore has to come in from wherever he was at to to uh, break this whole thing up. And um, yeah, again, fake. Uh, and you should be fired because uh, we know that it's CM Punk apparently this this could make this an attractive landing spot for him if everybody can just jump each other in the middle of interviews that they started out being separated because they thought this exact thing would happen and then you do it anyway that's the perfect spot for Punk to go to he doesn't have to worry about reprisal or anything like that um, I feared for my life just watching it all right, yeah I did too knowing this was taped a month ago I was still worried that somehow I was going to be. So, yeah, um, there you go. There you go. Um, so yeah, that, that's it. They, they, that, that's your heat going in a scuffle in the locker room because he's because Josh Alexander was politely suggesting that uh, perhaps the pressures of being champion are causing things to happen in Alex Shelley's mind. And as if to prove him right, the fact that he's that unstable that a comment like that would set him off, you know, great, brilliant. It's brilliant stuff. Any other comments on this? Nah, I think you pretty much covered it. This was so fake and contrived. Like they didn't do anything to make this look like organic and spontaneous. Sure didn't. Um, so there you go. Well, anyway, our main event is uh, Giselle Shaw and Savannah Evans versus Mickey James and Trinity. Um, you know, it's a it's a match. Uh, once again, Savannah Evans takes the fall, and then uh, we go off the air with. Uh, both ladies sort of holding the belt like they've got it in between them like a little tug of war thing not a vicious tug of war a friendly like oh i got it and you got it we both got it but we're friends you could have had more interest going off the air with one of them clocking the other one well, that's, I mean, you could, but that wouldn't that be just as cliche as anything else? Yeah, but it's better, to, but it's better than the whole tug of war with the belt thing where it's like, oh, I got it. No, like, like you just said. Mm. Well, there are lots of things that could be better. Um, and they're not doing most of them. So at this point. I guess I will take the road less traveled, even if it's still not very exciting. I, I don't know. I, I it's it's uh it, it's kind of the opposite of what I was just saying. Like you have Alexander and you have Shelley, and there's really no reason for any heat between the guys because Josh has been 
completely baby-faced this entire time. He's never been anything but deferential and respectful towards Alex Shelley. And Alex Shelley gets more and more irritated with that. Now, if there were any layers to Josh Alexander's character, you could say, like, kind of like with the bully thing, um, you could say, like, I don't trust you that you're acting all, you know, like, nice and respectful now. But Josh has never been anything different in his character. So it's like, I mean, I guess the North were sort of looked at as heels, but I, I don't recall. Maybe anybody can correct me on that. But the, the point is, um, he hasn't done anything in this run. And Alex Shelley's still mad. So that's unrealistic. Now, conversely, with Trini and Mickey James, they keep saying that, you know, they respect each other, they love each other, they're sisters, they never got a chance to have a match, they're gonna have a first time ever meeting, and they're gonna just they're just gonna tear the house down, and they can remain friends even though they're gonna be opponents. And sure enough, they don't get into a fight. So that's of the two situations, that's the more likely outcome, right? It may not make for exciting match, but it at least is more more in the realm of realism. Like you don't just punch your friends. <laughs> I, I don't know. So regardless, uh, that that's where we're at going in. We're a little intrigued for Bound for Glory. They've they're both holding a belt. I mean, I admit there is part of my mentality goes to something that I was taught a long time ago, where uh, somebody told me that the belt makes good people do bad things and bad people do unspeakable things. Uh, who told you that? Uh, guy who was a manager of the company I was in. Oh, did he have a belt? No. Well, I guess he wouldn't know then, would he? Um, but I get the point. Well, we're here. It's bound for glory. It's the biggest show of the year. Brandon is getting ready by doing a lucha dance. A Samurai Del Sol is not on the card, unfortunately. He was uh, not invited to even be part of the 20-man gauntlet battle royal. Even though he is the greatest luchador of all time, they could not make room for him in this battle royal. Not even just get thrown out by, you know, Jordan Grace or whatever. <laughs> So we're going to start with the countdown show, uh, which essentially just boils down to the Hall of Fame inductions. Um, so Gail Kim inducts Tracy Brooks into the Hall of Fame, and they have nice little speeches there. And then you have uh, Scott Demore inducting uh, Mike Tanay and Don West into the Hall of Fame. And some nice speeches from, uh, well, I, I don't know if it was a nice speech from Scott. I guess it was fine. Uh, then Tanay came out. And he gave a nice speech, putting over Don West, acknowledging lots of people, telling a couple stories and some jokes, just like uh, just like Mike Tenay, um has always been his entire career. It was very informative and slightly robotic. So, congratulations to Tracy and uh, and Iron Mike and Don posthumously 
uh, and then they he he pitches right to the announcers from his speech to go to Bound for Glory to start Bound for Glory. So we're starting Bound for Glory, and we get an opening package to start Bound for Glory. It's not a catch-up packet. It's just a regular package. Um, and then we start out with uh, Kenta versus Sabin for the X Division Championship. And I was like, oh, God, am I going to have to actually pay attention now because Kenta's on the screen? So I did, and... Uh, you know, it was it was okay. You know, I really wanted him to kick the shit out of Saban, but he didn't do it that much. Um, it was mostly Saban beating him up and then beating him up some more, and then the finish was he went over on him. So, great showing. Uh, you're not beating Goldberg on the biggest show of the year, and uh, and he proved it. So, there you go. I don't know. Tell that to Kevin Nash. Okay, well, you're... <laughs> Okay. But then again, Kevin Nash is booking. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so there you go. Well, I guess what I mean is you're not transplanting Goldberg 98 into 2023 bound for glory and beating him. That That's what you're not doing. Uh, so there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't enjoy this uh, as much as I was hoping to, but, eh, you know, at least people did get to see an international star here because Samurai Del Sol couldn't make it. Where was Leo uh, Rush on this show? Where's Leo Rush been? That's that's my milk carton of the week. Okay, well, I don't know if Leo Rush's impact run is finished, but it was uh, he had to miss. He had a big. Oh match. yeah, that's right. I do remember he actually did have some like family or medical emergency that he had to take off for. He got he got he was scheduled to have a big match at destruction in uh in new japan and I, he had to get pulled from the match due to an illness yeah I'm so just, he must have yeah he must have come down with something and he had to get replaced and they made it like a three-way match at the actual show so that was unfortunate but and he probably ended up missing these tapings for that as well right but i don't know like i said i don't know if his if his run is finished up anyway so he might not be back we'll just have to see Mm, That'd be a quick right. ass run if it is. Well, some people are only doing runs when they're in between shows, you know. I would think that they would have had him be on the because uh, they're doing the Super Junior Tag League right now. So I would have thought he might have been a part of that. Um, and the fact that he isn't either means that his run over there is done, or he's still sick and can't be can't participate. So. Whatever happened, happens, but don't hold your breath. Uh, all right, so they let everyone out of their cages for the Monsters Ball match, which is just happening. Like, I forget. Did they promote this? I, I really don't know. Did they promote a four-way Monsters Ball? Anyone? Like, maybe for the... On the last impact, that's really about it. And they had that tag match with uh, Moose and Myers against what was it, Rhino and PCO. PCO, yeah, but that was really it. Okay. And then, yeah, that's mm. well. Anyway, um, <clears throat> it's bully in this match, and not you know. Not Myers, so that's the idea there. Uh, 
that you would have like a tag match just featuring the participants, but instead um, they just made it a regular tag team match at the go home show. And now it's supposed to be a four way between bully and uh, Bert and uh, Moose and Rhino. So what ends up happening is Rhino comes out for his entrance and then Bert jumps him during the entrance. So no entrance for Bert. He's just starting off hot. And then Moose runs out and then and then joins this fight and start they start beating up Rhino. And then um and uh then then PCO comes out with his you know music and shit. So his I just wrote down like um more garbage, more moose in the mud here. Like this is a literal garbage match. It's got garbage cans in it. Um PCO got, well, Moose actually powerbombed PCO on this bed of cinder blocks that he just poured thumbtacks all over. And I don't think he powerbombed him square. So it looked like he powerbombed him like half on and half off the thing, which, I mean, I guess that could have severed his spine. Um, I don't know if I should blame Moose for this because I could see PCO telling him to do it that way. But then again, I don't think he was supposed to because he mostly missed the tacks. I mean, he did have some tacks sticking out of the back of his head, but... Uh, yeah. The dude's in his 50s. He don't need to be doing this. Uh, he disagrees, Brandon. He thinks he should be doing this because he's in his 50s. And he can't just offer a regular match anymore. Man, I will never forget. I saw Dustin Rhodes, like his early mid to 2010s work was f some of the best stuff I ever saw him do in the ring. And he did little, little, but it's just the little things that he just nailed and made everything perfect. Yeah. I mean, well, we're not that anymore. We're not there. We are at the, uh, look, all I can do is get hurt, and that's my gimmick, so I'm doing it. That has now become his entire gimmick. He can hardly walk, which it's a chicken or the egg thing. Is he only doing this because he can hardly walk, or can he hardly walk because he's doing this? It's probably both. Um, and, it, and it seems like there are, like, starting to transition out of that. And they did the whole thing with bully trying to get to the huge, the, the human Carl side of PCO. Yeah. That seems to have been dropped altogether. Um, so yeah, there you go. So it was bad. It looked bad. The power bomb on the, on the concrete blocks was bad. And then, uh, there was a spot where they set up a barbed wire covered table on the outside. And then, uh, Burt Macklin started climbing up, to the top rope to do something to somebody in the ring and then bully pushes uh pushes him off the top turnbuckle onto the barbed wire um the barbed wire table and he slides off the side of it so like he doesn't land flush on the table he lands on the side of the table so the table cracks he probably gets snagged by the barbed wire and then he hits the concrete so about the worst it could possibly go it might have been safer if he just took a bump on the concrete because he probably would have tried to control that 
But because he was trying to aim for the table and missed, it was very ugly. So that was bad. Um, and then this this finish here um, was... Uh, okay, let me see if I can try to describe this. I wrote down some notes, but I didn't write down as much as what happened. So they do a spot where Moose is holding a chair and rhino goes to gore him and moose is using the chair as a shield so he takes the full impact of the spear and the the gore if you will and then rhino knocks himself out on the chair because he's going full force so they're both down it's a double down and but then they have to like they have to like lie side by side next to each other and moose has to hold the chair on top of himself because pco is climbing up to the top and he's gonna do a a senton off the top uh to hit moose and pin moose holding the chair but he hits both of them like he lands on both of them they're both off center they're uh pco barely is able to finish the somersault so he it, he kind of looks like he's doing a shoulder roll like if you were when you're practicing taking the arm drag bump and you're doing shoulder rolls it looked like he did a shoulder roll off the top landed on moose with the chair pin moose and that was it and it looked way shittier than i made it sound when i was describing it because it looked so fake that they had to just sit there and get in position after they're supposedly a double knockout and then they had to get in position slightly by shifting and then they had to they had to sit there and wait for him to climb up. Then he took a shitty dive and then they had to sell that. And then they had to lose to that. If you go back and watch this, or if you already watched it, you'll know what I'm talking about, but it was terrible. The whole thing was terrible. Um, Moose is in the mud. Uh, this is not a behavior or booking fitting of a future champion or a wrestling God. And I know I'm a Moose fan, but I mean, look at, look at everybody else. Like, who the fuck of any of these people is going to do shit in this? They could have easily swapped the mat, swapped, like, Moose and Bully in their matches on Bound for Glory. That would have made so much more sense and would have fit better into the stories. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right, so there you go. Uh, that that was that. Um, then we get Mickey with Gia, no music underneath. She cuts a babyface promo. Um, then we get a package, and then it's ABC versus the Rascals. Okay, here's the thing I said earlier. If you picture ever seeing anything that these guys have done, they did it. They just did it to each other this time. It's it was a do everything for however many minutes, and then uh. Let me try to remember because I didn't write down the finish. Uh, I think the finish was um, they went for the spray paint again and Wentz got spray painted uh, and then they hit the, you know, whatever the the thing they do. He flips he flips him into the cutter and then he and then they fold him and then they pin him and they they reclaim the tag team champions ships. So. So here's the best part that I, the, the most, the thing I need the most was, um, 
or the thing that I noticed the most, not needed. I don't know why I said that. Thing I noticed the most out of all this because they just did a bunch of shit. I bet Retro Rocket Review loved it because it was just guys doing shit for ten minutes. But uh, what I noticed was after they won the belts, it was thirty-five seconds that they got to celebrate on the air. You know, before they just cut to the next thing, which was, um, uh, uh the Mike Bailey and Will Osprey package again. So, so okay. This is this is where it gets funny, right? And it, I again, I understand that. I I feel like even even though nobody's accused me of it, I just get the sense because of the way that these shows make me feel that it sounds like I don't even watch the shows and I'm just like just fast forwarding or whatever. I'm partially I'm doing that because it's funny. It makes me sound like I don't care, which is comedic content. And it also dismisses the hard work that these guys are doing, which is also part of the content because HMG fans are bloodthirsty and they think that kind of stuff is cool. And that's why you pay your $5 a month to channel attitude because people aren't doing stuff like this. So you're getting what you would normally get. But the truth is I do watch this stuff and I can prove it. Okay. Here's how I'm going to prove it. Um, so 35 seconds that they get to celebrate, right? Then you cut that celebration. So maybe the people in the live crowd got to celebrate with ABC a little bit longer while they're showing this package, but I bet they show the package in the arena too. So maybe not. Um, yes. I also do an NXT review too. Yes. Uh, I'm talking about all my shows, all my shows in general, I'm referring to, right? But allow me to show you that that's, that's a work. And this is the shoot. So they show this Bailey Osprey package. And as soon as the Osprey package ends, they put up the graphic for Rascals versus ABC again. In case you can't, in case you're listening on audio, Brandon is face palming. So, um, so they put up the tag graphic. Okay. Then they have the, the Bailey versus Osprey match, right? Which I guess anybody watching at home is confused, but uh, yeah, Bailey versus Osprey. So there you go. Um, I'm interested to see Retro Rockets reviews review of this match uh, because it was everything that you said, Brandon, earlier about the match he had with Samurai Del Sol. These guys. They don't try to win until the end of the match. And then that is just so people can kick out of shit, right? Like that is your, that is your working, right? Like you, my good matches, uh, you do a move and I kick out of it. Like that's just what wrestling is now. So that's what these guys do. And if you like that sort of thing, then I bet that like I saw at least a couple of people saying that this was the match of the show, maybe the match of the weekend, not that there was much competition, um again interested in hearing interested in hearing from you know the chat uh what give your review of osprey versus bailey uh hey if you guys heard about the tiger driver 91 but you you missed it when he dropped kenny omega on his head don't worry he did it to mike bailey so it was a little bit safer on mike bailey but the way they cut the camera at the moment of impact because again i did watch this and right as he right as he drops him down they cut to a different angle 
So it looks like he dropped some on his head, but it kind of didn't. It was much higher on the shoulders and, and, and everything like that, but it was still dangerous. Uh, he spiked Kenny. I don't know if that was something Kenny told him to do or if that's just how it worked out. Because even if you watch the original Tiger Driver, like, the, you know, um, Misawa works it to a point. Um, some of these guys are really hefty, so it may be a, he accidentally drops on their head, but he's still trying to just make it like a like a high a high angle sort of short power bomb. But um, anyway, if you're a Tiger Driver '91 fan, Will Osprey did it to him. It, that wasn't enough to beat him, but nonetheless, he did it to him. Uh, and then he, you know, got the Stormbreaker and pins Mike Bailey, which we knew he would. I don't know if his championship was on the line, but it doesn't matter because he won anyway. Uh, and he got two minutes of celebrating. He never did the thing where he goes over to uh, to Bailey and like shakes his hand or, you know, the, there's no sportsmanship here. He just leaves him lying on the mat and just walks around and celebrates and he goes up the ramp and poses and celebrates and all this other stuff. He gets two minutes of that. Uh, ABC got 35 seconds. So... Yes, I timed it. Yes, I noticed. So. Yep. So there you go. Dude winning a random match is more of a fanfare than a title change. Make it make sense. Yep. I mean, it just, what it does is it just makes your tag team championship look like, look like shit. Like, hey, new champions, who cares? Guess who's coming up? Will Ospreay. And then you don't even get the right match graphic afterwards. So <laughs> is he that big of a deal? I don't know. Basically it. Um, all right, after that, uh, Josh Alexander sits in the stairwell contemplatively. And... Uh, Alex Shelley does Stevie Richards Fitness, so they're getting ready for their match. And, th and then we get uh, the gauntlet package again, the exact same one. Um, then we get the Call Your Shot Gauntlet Battle Royal, which kind of has Royal Rumble rules on it. And then here's the order of people. Uh, because if you, watch a if you do a review show, you should watch the show. All right, so Jake Something is number one. We know that because he, uh, he lost that match that determined the order um second guy out was fat eddie so these guys have two minutes to go at it and then uh then every 60 seconds after that um another person comes out third person's kenny king and then the fourth person is our first surprise juventud guerrera the juice finally the juice let's come back to impact that was like me some movie he got the uh, Samurai Del Sol spot. So yeah, he came in. Um, mask on. Uh, he didn't... Uh, I don't think he embarrassed himself. I think he looked pretty decent in there. He did some, he did some stuff in there. Uh, number five, Johnny Swinger. Um, yeah, daddy. Then, yeah, yeah, daddy. And then, and then Crazy Steve runs in. He, he's, he gets in there and starts fighting people. And then uh, number six is Giselle Shaw. And then while she's making her entrance, she gets upstaged by security running down to get Crazy Steve out of the match, which he's not a part of. 
so as they're running by, she's making that face like, <sighs> like my entrance, <sighs> you know, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, and then, uh, then Dreamer comes out and he saves uh, Johnny Swinger from the fork. Uh, and then they fight off. Um, number seven, Jody Threat. Uh, number eight, Kylan King. So um, we didn't get a we didn't get a showdown between um, the Kings because Kenny King was already eliminated by this point. So there was no Kylan King versus Kenny King showdown, which I know everybody was waiting for. And this um, is the perfect match to actually get that out of the way. Yeah, when were you ever going to do it again? This was the only way. This is the only way. Unless, well, no. Uh, number nine, another surprise, Sonny Kiss. So Sonny Kiss makes his appearance here. Uh, and then uh, 10 is Bully. And then um, 11 is Matt Cardona, another returning surprise. He immediately gets beaten up. Uh, 12 is Jordan Grace, 13th is Eric Young, 14th is Joe Hendry. So this whole middle is just a bunch of people you see on Impact every week. Nobody cares. Uh, number 15, uh, Myers. Number 16, Heath. 17, Kazarian. 18, Rich Swan. 19, Jonathan Gresham. And, of course, 20 is Dango. So, you know, no surprise there. He's immediately eliminated, like, in the in the Santino Royal Rumble fashion or Bushwhacker fashion or anybody else that gets those fast, the Jerry Lawler fashion. Um, he's immediately eliminated the second he gets in the ring. And then when it comes down to the last two people, it's a pin or submission finish, right? So yep. once it's down to the last two, it's Jordan Grace and it is Bully Ray. Ooh. So we get the stare down and everything, and then they do some shit. And then, uh, look, I'm not, you know, short short version is she hits she hits the Grace Driver on Bully, and beats him, um, and he sells it like she rolled him up, like she picks him up, drops him drops him down, pins him, then he's like kicking his legs like he's being schoolboyed, and then he gets up and sits up immediately like. I can't believe I just lost, which is like, you know, that's the worst possible that, that is truly somebody that doesn't, he, he's like shitting on his own, on the booking, right? Like whoever he's, he's like, he doesn't agree with this. Um, so right, this like is his way of doing it. Right. You're going under to a girl. Okay. I'll go under. Yep. That's a hundred percent of that. I'm not even saying that I would disagree necessarily like you putting somebody in this position where you want to get over. But if that's the case, like if I knew that that's how the finish is going to go, why do I put him in that spot? Like if I want a woman to win this mixed battle Royal, she's going to fucking win it. Like she's going to win it, win it. If that's what it is. So to no sell your finish that's like well why didn't you kick out then you know this is like this fucking guy it's a fucking asshole you know and i'm no jordan grace fan either but i'm just talking strictly on you know this is how it's supposed to go yeah you could add two women at the end could have sunny kiss at the end you could have had whatever you could have had swinger like he didn't actually get yep. eliminated 
like like he was outside the whole time but he wasn't eliminated so he comes back in like and you think he's gonna win and then jordan beats him like or you or or how about this if it's got to be bully ray for whatever reason how about you actually do roll him up like if i'm if if some guy's not gonna sell my finisher i'm just not gonna hit him with it yeah exactly. don't shit on it just do a quick roll up catch him out of nowhere and and then and it works in this match i mean so i'm just saying you know I, i'm just saying so she she calls her shot immediately she gets on the mic and says she's coming for that knockouts championship at hard to kill uh whoever wins so there you go uh then we get a package and then we get uh, mickey james versus trinity um you know they put in a good solid effort uh it was fine um the finish was interesting uh it was like so mickey does this like a version of, of the heat seeker you know that mjf does which is sort of like a I don't know how to describe it. Like they're stuck, in, they're stuck through the ropes, and then he kind of jumps up and pile drives them, like through the ropes. I don't know how you, fucking, I don't know how to describe it. But uh, if you know what it looks like, you know what I'm saying. But basically, she, basically, it's like a springboard pile driver is essentially, essentially what this move is that she does, and she does it to Trinity, and Trinity falls in the ring, and it looks they they do a thing. I, I she's I assume she's fine. But they're selling it like she's really hurt or whatever. And Mickey um, is like walking around the ring and not pinning her or whatever. So then when she goes to get her, they go into the finish uh, where she reverses something and puts the starstruck on. And then so Mickey fights. Hmm? It's kind of like their version of, oh, shit, we got to improvise like with Owen Hart, Stone Cold in 90, uh, SummerSlam 97. I mean, almost, but not really because one trinity wasn't actually hurt two um i what here's what happened they came up with this spot and mickey didn't want (laughs) unlike bully ray she was concerned that uh you know trinity would just kick out of her move like it was no big deal so she didn't want to bury the move but she also didn't know what else to do so she just walked around and posed for a second instead of going for the win in this title match so it was very awkward and then they went into the next spot and then that's where uh she went for the ddt and then trinity reversed it and then put the starstruck on and mickey fought and then trinity did the thing where she like modifies it you know and then mickey has to tap out so there you go so other than the fact that they couldn't figure out how to do that. She was right there by the ropes. Just get a foot on the ropes. Right. You could have just sold it as like she hits the finisher out of desperation, crawls to Mickey, crawls to Mickey, gets the arm over the over the chest, one, two foot on the ropes. There you go. Right. Or Mickey hurts herself doing the move, and she has to crawl over to make the cover, and then you get the dramatic one, two. Oh, she recovered. It was too long. She waited too long. You know, I just. 
I don't know what happens. Maybe something happened. Maybe Trinity really was hurt for a second or they were afraid she was hurt. I don't know. You just have to go back and watch the thing, Brandon, if because I'm not it's hard to explain it in words, but I think you'll see it because you're used to the timing of what happens in the ring and how it's supposed to go. But it it just I don't know what happened. It, it wasn't good, but Trinity won and they're still friends. Like as soon as Mickey tapped out, Trinity was hugging her because she's already in position. She's already basically hugging her just in a more uncomfortable <laughs> way. And then she hugs her and kisses her and they're friends and it's good. And Mickey tried, but she wasn't able to do it. And Trinity's still a champion and yada, yada. It's good. Fine. It's fine. Everything was fine. And one thing I can't complain about is this stuff surrounding the knockouts championship. It's not really been that amazing or exciting, but they haven't embarrassed themselves. It's been a nice, solid you know, yep, like, here we go. We're even, we're consistent. Nobody's doing any cinematic matches or, you know, acting out of character or the, it, it's uh, the best thing they're doing, I guess. So. Um, Liz did not like Mickey's gear. It looked weird. Uh, yeah, it was different than she normally, she normally wears. Um, the... The color was nice. It was like a blue and some sparkly. So it was, the, the design was okay. I don't know if it was the best for Mickey, but, um, you know, I don't know. All right. So then Gia uh, brings in Moose, um, and he says that it didn't go his way tonight, but he's already calling his shot uh, for uh, hard to kill. So he's going to cash that briefcase in at hard to kill. Okay. Very like Moose to just put his hand, just just reveal his hand right away, right? So, no, no. Now he didn't say when it hard to kill. He's gonna do it, but you know, we'll see. Um, then we get another package, and then we get Josh versus Alexander. And at this point in the show, I'm like, all right, what what do you guys have left to do? Everybody else did every fucking thing. We already seen everything that you could ever do in the tag team championship match, which got 35 seconds of celebration time. Um, we've seen a man get power bombed on concrete thumbtacks. Um, you know, we just saw a women's straight up wrestling match. Uh, you know, what are you guys going to do? Um, and what do you think they did, Brandon? What do you think they did to set their match apart? Just had a straight up wrestling match. You're sure you're right. They did, man. Boy, they just went out by golly, and they just had a a wrestling match with that was again just guys doing whatever moves to each other that they could think of to do. And um, it was a match, boy. It sure was a match. There was matches and the stuff in the match, and they did it. Um, and then. Wouldn't you know, surprise, surprise, Alex Shelley won? Alex Shelley retains against the walking weapon? And even more surprising, they're friends again? Josh Alexander took a knee and offered his hand in defeat? And Alex Shelley pulled him in for a hug? I mean, to be fair, though, that does kind of make sense in the 
think that there's they didn't really play it up enough, but they you could have done the story where Shelly was trying to get like Alexander's acceptance and respect this champion, and he kind of earned it tonight, earned it with that match and by beating him. But they didn't play that up enough. Yeah, well, the story certainly wasn't, uh, especially with the yeah, it was it wasn't that he needed Josh's respect. <laughs> Josh kept trying to respect him, and uh, he wouldn't take it. So I don't know why he changed his mind now. Like he should have been insulted that Josh Alexander was. He should have been mad that he wasn't mad for losing. Should have slapped him for being a bitch. I don't know. Like none of this shit makes sense. But I guess we already just. You again, you previously had the friends storyline on the match right before yours, so I guess we had to switch it up and have a little animosity. Anyway, it sucks. Uh, the match was fine. If you like these guys, the match was good, but I'm just saying the uh, the booking around the whole attitude of everybody here was like everybody goes home happy, I guess. Everyone's friends, and okay, so we do that, and then um, after after that. Uh, then we get a short film from, you know, our film school dropout, our unnamed film school dropout. Um, and, uh, this is where uh, you see a bunch of people walking in the woods, like several people like Josh Alexander or, uh, you know, Eric Young or Jordan Grace or Eddie Edwards and Alicia and, uh, you know, others, there's, there's more people. Um, and then, uh, they show, they show Frankie Kazarian emerging from some lake in this woods, holding a box. Right. A certain lake where you can, I don't know. Is there, do we know any lakes that where you can kind of like be reborn or reincarnate? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's some, maybe uh, I've, I've maybe heard legend of some someplace in the Carolinas that may or may not have these special properties of of reincarnation, as you say. But uh, in any case, uh, Kazarian emerging like he, he emerges like a monster, like <laughs> holding this box, uh, this weird box. And then um, he puts it down and everybody gathers around it. And there's like music and everybody's saying these weird things. And then uh, they're talking, you know, they're talking about like bringing back something that, that that's been gone and it's time and all this shit. And then they open up the box and a bunch of TNA falls out and it's like spraying into the air with rainbow colors. And <laughs> and it's a, it's a box of TNA, guys. It's a box of TNA. They open up a box full of bright rainbow TNA. Just it got everywhere. Like, if you guys didn't watch this, then you're a normal, sane person. But if you if you feel like being sane and normal is boring, you might want to look this up because um, I just I, I've been using a phrase, you know, for a long time to describe the way I feel. And the phrase is I'm embarrassed. Anytime something like this happens, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to have ever been connected to any part of this as a participant. So, here you go. Box of TNA. And then they cut back to the arena where everybody that was in that thing, some of which are not necessarily getting along 
in terms of kayfabe uh they're all in the ring and scott demore is just like we're back and then throws a mic down like yeah tna so then they put up a graphic that hard to kill is actually going to be tna hard to kill and then the people are chanting tna in the arena and if you look at them uh there were several shots that looked like somebody was not chanting it and as soon as they realized the camera was right on them they chanted it so that they didn't uh feel like assholes Like, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like they, they got caught. It's like when, uh, it's like if somebody's not singing Judas and then the camera shows up on them and then they have to <laughs> mouth the words like they know it, you know, like it's, it was that it was like, oh, TNA, TNA. Like, yeah. Yeah. This, this is what we're doing now. Not what I wanted or, or what I was expecting, but TNA. TNA, I would have loved to TNA. have been at the show and then just, just completely, you know, deadpan look right in the camera, mean mugged it. Like, I'm not saying this shit, <laughs> but then that would mean I'd be front row at a TNA event and that ain't happening either. So if TNA were running a show on my front lawn, I would tell them to keep it down from inside the house <laughs> rather than watch it. Well, that's not true because I have to review it. So, but if I wasn't reviewing it, I would definitely call the police. So there was the biggest show of the year, a big return. We discussed the return already, so no need to do that. Um, the, the bound for glory show did not feel like in any particular way, a big show to me not even by TNA standards. Um, it felt like any one of their non app only pay-per-views. Uh, they had a couple surprises, but nothing like earth shattering. I mean, hooven to Guerrera, not earth shattering particularly, no offense to him. Just, it was just a, a, a show with stuff and it could have been any show with stuff. I, I'm, just i'm just being honest so i don't you know i don't i don't really have the goal of dragging them through the mud the way they drag moose through the mud but it's just what ends up happening because they're just not even not even with their means are they getting the most out of what they have i don't think uh so i don't know who this product is for but it's apparently for somebody um and it's maybe more for somebody than say nwa who just got a a tv deal that i don't know how that's gonna go um but i don't even think i don't even know if i don't even know if nwa on network tv can draw what a number that impact or tna draws on access tv i really don't I'd be interested to see, but I, I'm not sure. So we'll see who's the number three company in all of pro wrestling uh, in in America. Um, but that's our show for you know Impact Go Home and, and Bound for Glory Go Home and Bound for Glory and other stuff. And we're bound for 
something. Getting the hell off of here. Maybe bed? Bound for bed? Uh, Bound for I don't sleepy. Know. Bound for sleepy time? So. so tell the people where they can find you sleeping, Brandon. You can find me chilling and sleeping on Twitter, or as they call it, kids call it nowadays, X at TransArchistia. I am also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Transarchist, as well as Substack at HMG Brandon. Whoop, whoop. All right, you can find me at Opinion Ever on all the social media platforms, all the HMG shows. Uh, and uh, you can find me, um, let's see, twitch.tv slash Opinion Ever, always uh, playing games and stuff like that and having more conversations that some of which have to do with wrestling. So check that out. And then you got, uh, check out Wrestling with Rib Rogers. They had uh, Mike Mondo on for a, a Q&A this recent um this last episode, uh, which is normally Friday at, at noon Eastern and their concrete time. But yes, Mike Mondo, uh, my trainer, my original trainer. Uh, so w- which we've also had him on the next level wrestling review, which you can see on, uh, that's for free on YouTube on the, uh, HMG channel. So if you want to see us talk to Mike Mondo and him, give his breakdowns of matches and stuff like that and uh check so check check out that episode on the hmg youtube channel and then check out his interview with rip rogers uh the q a on the wrestling with rip rogers channel please subscribe and then you've got stevie richards just doing way too much speaking of goldberg uh his most recent video is what went wrong with the match with goldberg and taker in saudi arabia and the the answer is everything but i guess if you watch his video you'll get to see his expertise Uh, as he breaks that down and uh, shows you in detail uh, what went wrong. In addition to that, of course, he's got his fitness channel. uh, He's got his podcast, Big Fitness Show, and it's got its own YouTube channel, and he's got his Patreon, so check out everything Stevie Richards is doing. Um, And that's going to be it. So for Brandon, I'm the vet, and I don't have a sign-off.